and then I spent five years up in Middlesbrough, and then God spoke to us to begin our first church plant in Hull 15 years ago, so we're in the great city of Hull. Anybody been to Hull? Anybody went back again? <laughs> Come on, it's a great city. It's really, I've loved living there, it really became home for us, and we had a fantastic name of a church there called Jubilee Church, and Jubilee Church Hull. And we loved being there, but God was speaking about us moving on again. We had planted another two churches in Hull, in the east of the city, now called River uh, City Church, and then more recently a couple of years ago. Some of you might remember Josh and Jen Davies, those who've been in the church. So they are now leading our church plant in the north of the city called Freedom Church, and I'm sure they'd send their love to you as well. Tom? I've unmuted. I'm on. I'm coming out of speaker. Maybe just where you're sitting, you know. Or you're deaf. Yeah, yeah. So they would send their love to you as well. But God spoke to us to go to Christchurch, Birmingham. And here's a picture, a little picture of our church here. Um, we're in the great city of Birmingham. It's the second city. It's, one of, it's the youngest city in the UK. Uh, most people under the age of 25. It's a city that currently is 42% Muslim. Uh, by in the next 10 years, uh, will be over 53%, we reckon. And so it's a quite a diverse city. I'm really sorry, I just checked with the sound engineer who's sitting next to me. He says, the reason people can't hear you, probably anyone on the live stream can't hear you, is this is too low down. So I'm moving it. Oh, thank you very much. There you go. Is that better? Oh, there we go. Right. So we meet actually not far from uh, Aston Villa football ground. Um, any football fans here? Anybody? Aston Villa supporters? So I'm the only one. There you go. And uh, we are gathering there in the north of the city. Uh, but we're also uh, planting down in the south of the city a place called Maypole, which is a, a sort of a white working class primarily uh, estate and then into Bromsgrove, which is not in Birmingham, it's just outside of Birmingham to Worcestershire. And then in a couple of weeks' time, we've got another couple moving to the east uh, of Birmingham, a place called Yardley, where we're going to be planting there. And then also in two weeks' time, we've got another couple coming with their family from San Diego, and they're going to come and be based with us for a season. Then we're going to plant them out. So within the next year, we're going to have three or four church plants sort of in Birmingham and our vision is to plant 50 churches across sort of the area of Birmingham and beyond and it's been quite a challenge but quite a joy uh, to be there in a new city. Um, just a couple of weeks ago I was with one of our latest church plants in the UK. This is uh, Victory Hill in Edinburgh. It's our first church plant as a family of churches called Regions Beyond which we are a part of here. We're now in Edinburgh and they're right in the centre of Edinburgh. Who's been to Edinburgh? See, more of you have been to Edinburgh. There you go. Then Hull. And they're in a place called the Grass Market. So you can, from their meeting room, you can just about see, uh, almost see the, the castle of Edinburgh. And Bex and, and uh, Nico moved from our church in Dubai, uh, Vic, uh, City Hill Church, to plant this church uh, just before COVID. And it's so wonderful to be with them and see what God's doing in their heart for the nation of Scotland. 
two of our other latest church plants, uh, as Riggies Beyond Weir in southern Tanzania, I won't mention the place. Again, it's quite a strong uh, Islamic uh, area, uh, quite a poor area. Almost 80% of the people in the area are HIV positive. Very challenging, 99% Muslim. But recently, uh, one of my friends went there, Emmanuel, to just preach the gospel with the vision of planting uh, churches uh, in that particular region. They saw some incredible healings as they were there. People set free instantly. And now they've planted a little church now, 26 people. Uh, You'll see at the bottom on the right-hand side, that's the... uh, the little group there, and the far left hand side is the little building where they're meeting. Looks a bit like the cells in the hall here, doesn't it? It's been held up by a wooden pole, just about. Uh, that's our little church there. And uh, this is the pastor and, and his wife, got a little, little child, and uh, one on the way. But then also, you'll see on the right hand side, George, another friend of mine in our Regions Beyond families. Uh, he's actually from, uh, where is he from? Sierra Leone, and uh, sorry, no, he's from Liberia, but he was reaching into Sierra Leone, again, uh, doing evangelism, planting churches, and as they preached the gospel, they saw over 200 people come to faith, and so this is their first church meeting on the right here, as they gathered as new believers as a church. So these are two of our latest church plants uh, in Tanzania and there in Sierra Leone. So God is working. God is working through us. And, you know, you're part of this together here in Croydon. You know, sometimes we can just see what God's doing here, and he's doing some incredible things here in Selsden. But God is at work in the world, in the nations, and in this nation as we work together. And I want to help us, again, to see the vision that God has put in our hearts, not just for Selsden, but for the ends of the earth. And I want to just read a verse for you just briefly from 2 Corinthians 10, verses 15 to 16. It says this, Paul says, Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our sphere of activity will grow and expand among you so that we may preach the gospel in the regions beyond. So Paul's prayer is that your faith, my faith, would increase. Who wants your faith to increase? We all do that. I hope we all want that. our faith to increase. But it's in order that our sphere of activity will expand so that then we can preach, that we can bring the good news of Jesus to the regions beyond. That's why, funny enough, we're called the regions beyond family of churches. That's the verse it kind of comes from. I don't know about you, but one of the effects of COVID, particularly in the UK church, is we've become a bit more inward looking. We were so desperate to meet together again that it's become about one another and loving one another and caring for one another and and checking people are with us still. And that's really important because we are called to be pastoral as communities. But one of the difficulties with that is for some Christians to become a bit more lazy and laid back. Because we've been so watched to watching it on the screen, on TV, so used to sitting there in our pyjamas and enjoying uh, watching a bit of TV before church and flicking over, oh, that preacher, I'm not going to be bothered today, I'll, I'll watch something, I'll flick over to 
Netflix instead, you know? And I'm sure you never did that. I didn't do that as a pastor, of course. I always watched my church. But you know what I mean? And we became slightly uh, laid back. The problem is if we stayed laid back, then we're in a challenging and difficulty. And maybe for some of us, we've even lost a burden and an understanding of the need of the good news of the gospel to be preached. The good news of Jesus go out from us and from within us. And here, we, we see that there is a call as our faith increases that we may preach the gospel. Paul prayed that the Corinthians' faith would grow, that their sphere of influence was expanded, that the gospel would go to the regions beyond. And I want to encourage us this morning to rekindle that fire and that passion to go to the regions beyond, to lift our eyes to see the harvest that God is placing before all of us. And Paul, of course, lived that out in his life. He responded to the call of the gospel in his life. And in the book of Acts, we read about his missionary journeys. And his second missionary journey, he decided he was going to plan to strengthen the churches already planted in the Asian province of Galatia during his first journey. Then after that, he hoped to take the gospel to other regions. So Paul was with his mates, uh, Timothy and Silas, and they had plans to go directly west to take the gospel, to go and visit the churches. But then the Bible says that they were kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. So Paul said, okay, we're going to go north then. Let's go north. But then it says the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't allow them to. So they skirted around the region of Mycia and they came to the seaport city of Troas. And there, as they went, they obviously were praying and seeking the Lord. Now, if they followed their original plans, their work would have been confined to Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. So they redirected twice, and then Paul comes to this place at the edge of the sea at a standstill. And then we read this in Acts 16, verse 9 to 10. This is this. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. There are just three things I want to encourage us from this story of Paul and what God was doing through the apostolic band of people. The first thing is this, and it's very clear. Paul received a vision. It says, during the night he had a vision. I have all kinds of visions and dreams. Sometimes they're absolutely ridiculous. In fact, most of the time. But here Paul knew it wasn't just that he'd eaten too much cheese. It was something so clear, so dramatic. He had a vision. He had like a supernatural vision. And it was a person saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. I think as Christians, we need to gain to see the bigger picture of the mission that God has called us to. The mission, the goal, the direction for our church, for Jubilee Church, for our lives. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, without vision, the people perish. See, when God's people really get a vision of what God has called them to do, then they 
go for it with all their hearts. If not, then we can get absorbed into our culture. When we don't have a vision, we, we begin to lose sight of the real mission that God's called us to. We begin to get distracted. We began to lose our momentum. Why is Jubilee Church here? Why are we here as the people of God? Why do we exist? What is our mission? What is our vision? Why has God left us here on the earth? And of course, we know it because what Jesus told us in Matthew 28, verse 19, 20. Therefore, go. Turn to your neighbour and say, therefore, go. Now, some of you think you being rude. So say it to the neighbour on the other side. Say, go. Don't go and get another cup of coffee, right? Don't go, don't leave the room, all right? It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Acts 1.8. For you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, it's pretty clear what our calling and our mission and our vision is for our lives. God has called you, God has called I, God has called us to share the good news, the gospel of Jesus to every corner of the earth so that people might come to find faith in Jesus, be baptised and discipled, so that they too can carry on the mission and vision of what Jesus has called us to do. For some of us, I think we just need to be reignited with that mission and vision again. The calling of God upon our lives. This is why primarily the Holy Spirit is given in order that we might go and be good news and bring good news. We all have a mission. Turn to your neighbour and say, you have a mission. We have a mission. We have a calling. Do you know, my church in Hull grew quite significantly and we've got a massive building in the city centre and it's a very busy church. Um, my office was based, was based there, but we ran a school, we had the food bank, we had showers for the laundry, we ran a college for 150 people, we ran the Big Issue magazine, we did all kinds of work in the city. In COVID, we were extremely busy. We kept the building open as much as we were allowed to. We served the community. So all the time, I had opportunity to meet people who didn't know Jesus and to share my faith with them. Then I moved to Birmingham, to this little church that we've got a few people have come to help us. My office is at home. Suddenly, I realise I've got to share about Jesus. <laughs> in, I've got to be a bit more determined and take opportunity to share about Jesus. And again, God just challenged me because I, I love talking about Jesus, but it was very easy to just to stay in my office and work on the church and work on what needed to be done and organise the stuff that needed to be organised. God has called me. Why did I end up in Birmingham? Why is God placed here in order that you would be good news, that you would share good news? So I just realised every morning I wake up and I say, God, give me opportunity today. 
And I don't just wait for the opportunity, I begin to take the opportunity. There's a little cafe not far from me. And I thought, I'm just going to go there. And I prayed as I went. Started to get to know the couple who run it. They're from Pakistan, They're from a Muslim background. And of course, I begin to share a bit with them about why I'd moved to Birmingham, asking their experience of moved to Birmingham four years ago. And I just begin to pray for them at home. Say, God, give me opportunity. Then just a few months ago, I go into the shop, uh, the, the cafe, and there on the counter is a Bible. I thought, that's interesting. So I said, well, why is the Paul giving it, but why have you got the Bible? He said, I'm really interested, I don't know why, to find out about Jesus and Christianity. And I said, that's good. So I said, what a surprise. So I look at this Bible, it's the King James Version. Now, I know some of you love the King James Version, but I don't understand it at all. And most people in the UK don't understand it. So I said, can I get you, do you mind if I get you something in a modern language? So... I went back with the, with the gospel and I explained to him to read the gospel. I went in a few weeks ago and there it is on top of the Bible. And I said, have you started to read it? And he said, yes, I have. The, the introduction. He said, who's the Archbishop of Canterbury? Because <laughs> I realised I picked the gospel that had been sent by the Church of England and it was explaining the foreword. So I said, it's great. I love the Archbishop of Canterbury. But why don't you start reading you know, the beginning of the gospel? So it's taking opportunity to do that. And I've been doing that on my street. I arrive on a new street. The Queen's Jubilee is coming up. And I'm thinking, how can I get to know more people on my street? I'll organise a street party. So I get my people around. I ask them, do you want to have a party? Yes, we do. Come and help organise it with me. We had 200 people come to our street party. And I shared about Jesus probably... 12, 15 times on that day and they asked me why have you come to Birmingham and I talked about Jesus this type of church we were building and so most evenings now I'm out in my street sitting across from people's gardens talking to people about Jesus because that's what God's called us to do and God's going to place opportunities and make us more determined to share the gospel we need to be intentional so we need to have a vision, we're reminded of this vision, this is what we're called to do. Secondly, we do need to see the need. It says, there was stood a man and he prayed, saying, come over. See, sometimes we wrongly assume that, you know, people are all right, aren't they? I mean, we know they don't know Jesus, but it's okay. You know, they're nice people. You know, they're happy without Jesus. But of course we know that the gospel is the only hope. It's the only good news. You will never be fulfilled without God. We are empty without him in our lives. We are separated from the very God who created us and loved us. See, Isaiah 57, 20 to 21 says this, But the wicked are like the tossing sea which cannot rest, whose waves cast up mire and mud. There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. You know, maybe you're not a Christian watching this, or maybe you don't know Jesus yet. The Bible says we are like waves that are tossing up the mud and mire. The Bible describes us as wicked. That's pretty harsh, isn't it? But see, we are wicked because we've all gone our own way. The Bible says we've each turned 
to his own way. We've lived without reference to God. And we're separated from him. We are dirty. We're like the mud and the mire. We're like tossing waves. There is no peace. Your neighbour does not have peace without Jesus. Your work colleague does not have peace without Jesus. Your person at college does not have person, does not have peace without Jesus. The world is desperate without Jesus. And God wants us to see the need. Without God, there is no peace. They are wicked. But David says in the book of Psalms, it says, my soul finds rest in God alone. My soul finds rest. It's only in God that we find rest. As we worship this morning, some of us were distracted by all kinds of things that happened today and in the week. But as we worship, what happens to our soul? We again remember, oh, my soul finds rest in God. It's the only place of ultimate peace is in God alone. People are hurting. They need to know the answer. Only Jesus can bring transformation. Only he can bring everlasting life. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and don't be afraid. See, Paul had a vision of a man, a person pleading with him. God wants to impress on us that our focus primarily is on people. Not on our own fun, our own entertainment, our career, our finances or material things. Not on our own wants or needs or preferences. You know, one day the Bible says it's all going to burn up. So why are we investing in something that is so temporary? But many of us know that and we say, no, no, I'm living for Jesus. But you know, sometimes even in a lovely church setting like this is, we can just rely on how we feel, on our experience. What is the next thing that God's going to do? What is God going to do among us? Now we're longing for more. We're longing for more of the Holy Spirit, but we can be reliant on experiences. And if that doesn't happen, we can become dissatisfied. No, it's about the people who aren't in this room as yet. The people who don't know Jesus is... George was praying this morning for Salesden and for the area. And I thought he could have kept on praying, but we had to come back in here. You know, a heart saying, God, we pray for the people of this area. It's a heart for people. God wants to burn something again in us. A real desire to see people as God sees them. As a man pleads with him, God's focus is on people because Jesus died for people. He died on a cross. Here is a trustworthy saying. 1 Timothy 1.15 says that it deserves full acceptance. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Paul, I am the worst. I was wicked. I was cut off. Yet he was a very religious man at one point. But he realised I am the worst. We are wicked, but because of what Christ has done, we have become the sons and daughters of the king. We've been accepted. We are now in relationship for the only one we were cut off from us. I don't know any of you love English history. I'm not a mad fan of it. I did really poorly during my lesson. But I love this quote. A guy called Oliver Cromwell. Now, he was the guy who, after, he actually did the death order for, uh, was it Charles I? Was it Charles I? I've written it in my notes. Yes. After the Civil War, oh, she's a history teacher, oh my goodness. I'm getting sweaty. 
bad enough having good Bible teachers in this room, let alone history teachers, all right? But during the reign of Oliver Cromwell, the, the British government began to run low on silver for coins. Because obviously that was the trade, was the silver. They needed to produce more coins. So Lord Cromwell sent his men to the local cathedral to see if they could find any precious metal there. After investigating, they reported this. The only silver we can find is in the statues of the saints standing in the corners. To which Cromwell replied this. Good, we'll melt down the saints and put them into circulation. We'll melt down the saints and put them into circulation. They needed money, needed currency to help trade, to support the economy, to grow the economy. Where was the silver? They were in these beautiful cathedrals of statues of people in the corner made of silver. Melt them down, put them into circulation. We can sometimes be the church sat here, loving Jesus, worshiping Jesus. We can be like the statue in the corner. And God wants to mount down and says, I want to put you into circulation. You are to circulate in the world. You are to touch people with the life that Christ has given you. God wants to put us into circulation. Some of you are not so sure. Some of you just like standing in the corner a little bit. Because I do, because it's safer. It feels nice. It feels nice to be have dinner with my friends from church. It's lovely. It's a bit more awkward if I have to invite my neighbours around for a barbecue because you know what? They might bring some drink and drink a little bit too much. Or you might. Stop being honest, Gary. Gary, we don't have honesty in church. Yeah. We want to go into circulation. We want to share the love of Jesus with people. We need to be around people. We need to be in their worlds. They need to be in our worlds. God wants to put us into circulation. It was a brief and direct order that Conway gave, but it meant suddenly the economy changed. God wants to change the economy where you are. God wants to bring his life and riches to your workplace, to your community, to the shops that you visit, into your family. And the third thing I want to share is this. After Paul, it says, had seen a vision, he got ready to go at once. Or it says, Luke says, we got ready to go at once. See, when the Holy Spirit pointed Paul to where he should go, the place where he was to serve, the team got ready at once. See, God has a place where the lost are calling out to you to tell them the good news. God has put you in a place to witness for him. He's put you here in Selsden. Selsden is your call. Croydon is your call. God has placed you so that your neighbours can find God's forgiveness. So your co-workers can see the light of Christ. So your friends can hear the gospel. Croydon is your call. Selsden is your call. But do you know what? Sometimes we just have a small vision. I'm so thrilled again we prayed for uh, what's happening in New Addington. So thrilled as a church you've got behind that. Because it's a region beyond that needs reaching with the gospel. And it's, at times it's been hard ground in the past. And people said it cannot be done there. But there's a call to New Addington 
that Jesus brings. And suddenly we see a church beginning to be birthed there. People be starting to reach with the gospel. There is a call. But there is also a call to Purley, to Wallington, to Causden, to Sutton, to Hamley, Hamsey Green, to Kenley, to Mitcham, to beyond our regions. God wants to enlarge our vision. As we began to see again on the screen of our new church in Edinburgh, in southern Tanzania, in Sierra Leone, God has called us to a bigger work. And Jubilee, you're part of that. Some of you are called to go. Some of you are called to pray. Some of us are called to give. But we are to go to the regions beyond. That's not settled for Selsdon. That's not even settled for New Addington. Let's see, where is God calling us? Where are the people? See, the danger is I find this with church planting. People say to me, well, why don't you, you know, there's, there's, there's plenty of churches, you know. And I say to people, there's more people going to visit Aston Villa, believe it or not, you know, that are at church on Sunday by multitude multiply it several times there are millions without Christ so we need to be on their doorstep we need to reach them we need to speak to them there's an urgency in the call it says they got ready at once have we got too busy in our lives that there's no urgency anymore and understanding God wants to call us for some of us we've got lots of good friends we play football with them we talk about them about our kids we share life with them, we argue politics together, we moan about the train strikes or we encourage the train strikes, we play on our consoles with them, but have we seen the urgency to begin to share our faith with them? Have we invited them to come on our next Alpha course whenever you do that here? Have we offered to pray for them? You know, healing, words of knowledge, we want more of that here, don't we? But do you know where we need most of it? is out there so when you pray God or pray for more healing let's take opportunity can I pray for you when somebody tells you they're ill I'm a Christian do you mind if I pray for you begin to expect God to move in our community it says they got ready at once they obeyed the vision and call they ended up then travelling to the Roman colony of Philippi and it was the leading district of Macedonia and that area is still known as the gateway to Europe See, up until that point of history, the gospel had been limited to Asia. But Paul responding to that call meant the spread of Christianity went into Europe and into the Western world. Much happened in Macedonia. There was Lydia's conversion. There was deliverance of a fortune-telling slave girl. Paul and Silas were imprisoned in Philippi, yet then there was the conversion of the jailer and his whole household. And then Paul ended up preaching in Athens he planted several churches right across into the cities local of believers new churches planted in Philippi Thessalonica, Corinth and those churches were so important in the growth of the early church and then of course five of the New Testament letters were written to these three churches see here's Paul, he's on his second missionary journey, he's thinking, I've just got to go and strengthen the churches. And the churches do need strengthening. We need to encourage the church. But, but God says, no, go to the other regions beyond. But by even going to the other regions beyond, by reaching those churches, we are still strengthened by the book of Philippi and Thessalonians. <laughs> because God's purpose is to do both. But his purpose is to reach the regions beyond. 
the history of the church, of the world, even of Europe, is changed because of the God-given call, the Macedonian call. I wonder what exciting impact will you make in your community? What impact can Jubilee make as it calls you not just to Jerusalem, but to Judea, to Samaria, to the ends of the earth? Could the band just come up, please, and get ready? You know, recently I was speaking to a pastor just a couple of months ago, and we were talking about his church in another city. And it's a growing church, and they're really experiencing the presence of God and some healings and and breakthrough people being set free. And I talked to him about thinking about beyond himself. He's not in the Rigmigum church. Where's the next place? What could God do? How could you multiply? And he said, oh, no, I don't want to do that. He said, because I don't want to lose any more worship leaders. We've just got our worship. is just right. It's wonderful. And as I sat there and listened to it, I, I was, my heart just thought, I don't, didn't know him well enough to say much more. I just said, God, please change his heart. My wife spoke to his wife, and his wife said, one of the challenging things about our church is we haven't seen anybody come to know Jesus in the last six years. And I thought, there's a bit of a correlation there. You're holding on. It's about the experience. You're not sharing Jesus. There are regions beyond to go to. And I want God to stir us, to stir you. Why don't we just stand together? Are we ready to go? Are we ready to share the life of Christ? Not just here. And do you know what? As a family of churches, we have so many opportunities. Uh, I can't remember your name at the back. Sorry. Just speaking to him about, you know, he's got to move to Worthing. And uh, I said, there's a great church there. But he said, actually, I'm working in Little Hampton. And I said, do you know what? There's a church plant in Little Hampton. And he said, oh, yeah, but Worthing's a bigger church and it's a bigger city. Now, it might be the right place for you. But the challenge is, Little Hampton needs more people like you there to share the gospel, to strengthen the church. There are places and people that God wants to send us to. Let us respond. That's when we reach out to God right now. Let's just ask him to help us in this. Father, we want to thank you for your presence and your power. Lord, we long for more. Lord, as we were singing, more love, more power. Lord, we want to see more healings, more breakthroughs. We want to see people being set free. But Lord, primarily we want to see that out in our community, in our everyday lives as we rub alongside people. Lord, we see the desperate need this this, uh, place is in. People are in without Christ. Lord, come and fill us afresh. Come and lift our eyes to you, Jesus, that we would go to the regions beyond, that we would go further, that we would touch new streets, new places, even around this area. Lord, that you give this church new opportunities. Lord, there's groups of people in Selsden who aren't untouched with the gospel. And God is going to call you. Go over there. Bring them here. Go to them. It might be a particular ethnic group. It might be a particular estate. It might be a particular demographic. But God is calling you. Go. Let's be open to hearing God. And let's just respond to God and then I'll hang up.